Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. We just can't hear him. All right, hey, let's go. Yeah. Oh, my God, I want to run through a wall. You can't hear that? Woo, baby. What up? What's happening? What's good, everybody? And welcome in to a DNBA show. (laughs) (laughs) Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook. That's good, yeah. Those are some interesting additions to the to the intro. Download uh, DraftKings Sportsbook. Use promo code DNVR. A lot of ways to play. A lot of ways to win. I'm winning because I'm hanging with the fellas. Another show with the fellas. Another show with the fellas. No winners lounge. No losers lounge. Just a classic DNBA show today. We're gonna go around the Euro, around the A, and then a classic uh, mailbag. Does that sound good, to everyone? <laughs> Sounds fantastic. Somebody says there's an echo kill. I will check that out. We'll check it out. Uh, to to uh, break this all down with me, joining live, phoning in from an undisclosed location. It's Harrison Wind. Guys, I've been pouring over uh, the DraftKings app, just looking for my DraftKings pick of the week. I'm excited to unveil it at the oh. first break. Oh, man, I can. I'm so glad. First of all, I'm glad that we have it pre-ready to go, but I'm also very excited to hear it. It's Harrison taking in adjusted 56.5-point line for Team Serbia. <laughs> and uh, a surprise, surprise edition from the boss today was not going to be on the show, and now he is. Everyone's happy. <laughs> I'm sure. That sounded sarcastic. No, I'm... That I'm, sounded like I wrong. Like I'm that, honestly not sure. <laughs> well, uh, I'm, I'm happy. It's good to see you, Adam Mars. Thank you so much, man. It's good to be here. And I'm excited to be uh, not host today. Yeah, it's nice just to sit back and, and be in the analyst seat sometimes. I'll take over hosting duties. I'm Brendan Vogt. And fellas... There was no Team Serbia today, but there was a, there was some Eurobasket action that that's dear to us and dear to our hearts because King Vlatko was in action as Team Slovenia beats France eighty eight to eighty two. They take Group B. There are some implications there. We're going to talk about in a second. Uh, Luca went off forty seven points in thirty nine minutes. Whatever. Uh, Vlatko had six points, but. He had the game ceiling bucket. You can see we got it rolling here now oh, in the man. background. He's going to take Rudy Gobert off the dribble. Do you mean four-time defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert? That's right. That's okay. right. Uh, <laughs> when in doubt, find King Vlaco. Shot fake. Off the dribble. Oh, mellow pull-up. Oh, <laughs> mellow pull-up. I like Good it. Good night, Irene. Hey. Fellas. I- impressed, yes or no, Adam? Yes. Like Here's the thing about it. Him hitting a shot. Impressive because it's an important shot. That was smooth as hell. <laughs> that was, honest to God, a nice little got him in the air, one dribble, pulls up short on his second step. So Gobert keeps going. He stops, stop and pop. That was actually a really legitimate, like, 
that's a guy that you if I only saw that one I'd be like oh that's like a lead ball handler a lead scorer yeah, yeah. like that's what he looked like for that five seconds that's who you go to in the crunch time when he only had six points but mm. he has the game ceiling basket stonks up or Doesn't down matter. after this game stonks up or down stonks way up stonks way up I could care less about his stat line I care less also the fact that this was on Rudy Gobert's head like I, I've got to knock down the Timberwolves at least a couple spots in my power rankings after this shot, man. <laughs> because this is like flashback to Rudy Gobert in the Clippers series. <laughs> oh, Flo's not going to be happy. He's already he's already <laughs> unhappy. Um, France did play well today, but uh, Luca brought it, man. He turned it on. So Slovenia beats France. Uh, Wind. I know you've you, you've got some implications here. You've got a belief uh, written down here in the game notes. Why don't you let it rip, man? What are you thinking? What do I have down there? I don't even... Uh... Uh, you believe... Oh. It's all you. That's a toss. I believe that we're setting up for a Slovenia-Serbia Final Four game. Ooh. That's where we're headed. We're heading... You know, I don't, I don't want to jinx anything. I don't believe in jinxes, so I'll just say it. I believe we're heading for Serbia-Slovenia in the Final Four, Serbia-Greece in the championship game. That's a near perfect setup. You're right. I do believe in jinxes, and I don't want to jinx it. I think I, I, I think we'll talk about this obviously on Friday show. We'll we'll really look at the entire bracket. It's kind of weird to do it, and then it changes. But sure. it is looking like Team Serbia is going to have a pretty uh, solid solid difficult route to get to the to the gold. Um, even having you know if, should they have to play France or somebody like that, France Down or Turkey yoke. in the second round would be tough. But um, I've said all along. I would be very happy with Greece, Slovenia, Serbia finishing one, two, three, preferably Serbia one. But I would, I think that would be a really cool way for this to go to, to, to finalize. So I would be okay with that outcome. I think when you're ranked as the top team, when you have aspirations for gold, obviously everyone wants the easiest path. But that's also, I feel like that's kind of a little nug life perspective too. Like, so true. You're going to have to play the best man. And also we're interested in the... The legend making of of Jokic here and going through the best, not just getting this gold with Team Serbia, but beating Doncic, Giannis, and I should say Team Slovenia and Team Greece right. at the height of their powers. I just think for me, when like that, that adds to the narrative. Obviously, more reason to be nervous, but but more weight behind the gold. Is well, part of what makes Eurobasket so great is that you have three of what arguably the top five players in the nba yeah. like the top five consensus players Jokic, Doncic, Giannis, durant steph curry that's probably most people's top five in some order three of those guys are playing in this tournament right that's, that's pretty freaking cool it, it's really cool and i think if those three guys are all there in the final four, again, my prediction before was I thought that Eurobasket this year would start to gain some new eyeballs. I said skyrocketed. I think I obviously was wrong on that. But just like more people paying attention. And we've created a little bubble. I think our audience has been paying a little bit more attention. But you get those three guys in a must-win game. Right. People, are you telling yeah. me people? And that would be Friday and Sunday, I think, respectively. It would be great times. Uh, to me, that would be like... 
what else are you going to talk about, Sports Center? What else are you going to talk about? Like, come on, man, hype those games up, get excited for them, yeah. um, and it would just be so cool. And I think it would actually be great for international basketball as a whole, just to say, hey, look who's in the final four. Those four guys. And by the way, the other side of the bracket would have, I think, Spain is the number one seed in that group. <laughs> Billy Hernan Gomez, not maybe not, not the like most impressive guy to have been there, you know, to be a, the, the, to complete it. But who knows? I mean. Just getting those three guys in the final four, I think, would be really cool and set up for some great storylines. It's been a great tournament so far. Real quick before we move on from Eurobasket, have you Team Slovenia win? Have they impressed you? Is it just Luca impressing you? Do you feel like you have an opinion of the squad? Well, they're very good. They're in the toughest group, so like that's why their games have been uh, a lot closer than sure. Serbia's games. I feel like Goran Dragic looks like a star in Eurobasket. He's yeah. a star when he's playing for Slovenia. He looks like one of the best players in the entire tournament. He is one of the best players in the tournament. He had two clutch steals tonight. He's an all Euro or an all Eurobasket defender. Um he he looks really impressive to me. Like he he is a guy that just it seems like he's playing at a level at Eurobasket that's definitely above what he is in the NBA. Yeah, it feels that way. And, he, and he's very good in the NBA. I love him in the NBA. But he, in Eurobasket, he's a star. Well, quick note here. You know, our bar opening up on Friday, we have our big grand opening. Sunday becomes the elimination round. We will have the game on some TVs. We're probably going to be doing the postgame show right from not this studio. You guys don't know, especially our new audience, we have an actual bigger studio. This is our temporary one we've been remodeling for the last two months. We should be in our main studio on Sunday, if not definitely by Wednesday, but I think by Sunday. So all of that is to say that's the first week of NFL. I Look, guys, I don't make the rules here at the bar fully. I just have influence, but I can't, I can't change week one of NFL. We're going to be watching football, but Team Serbia will be on some of the TV, so we will be able to watch it there. And then Wednesday, of course, if you, for whatever reason, get to take time off work and come down and watch in the middle of the day, uh, we'll be here watching as well. So, But just food for thought. Little teaser, little food for thought. Uh, Lithuania big win over Bosnia, uh, eighty-seven seventy. Lithuania needed that one; they got it. Montenegro is about to take down Georgia, and uh, Germany twenty-two nineteen lead over Hungary after one. That should grow. This <laughs> is grow. A D- an NBA show as well, believe it or not. It's the DNBA show, so we got a Denver focus. We've got some news from the association. Well, we've got a quote from the association. We've heard from Trey Young recently. Okay, if we can bring that quote up on the screen. Trey Young says that he will... Uh, oh, yes. Thoughts on playing with your former teammate back in AAU, MPJ, in the league one day. Trey Young says it'll happen 100. Is that a guarantee? When is this a guarantee? And is he right? <laughs> I mean, everybody knows when you throw that emoji out there. It's just facts. It's, a, yeah. <laughs> it's law. <laughs> Look... Those two guys, if you go back and look at their AAU highlights, it's ridiculous. I mean, a lot. some people think like that's one of the best AAU teams ever assembled. They certainly do. MPJ and Trey Young, like they fit really well together, incredible offensively. I could kind of see it happening in Atlanta, not in Denver, (laughs) not happening in Denver. In Atlanta, though, look, look, I, I think... Like, MPJ's here for this season. We'll see what happens going forward. Brightest timeline is he's on the Nuggets to win a championship here and, you know, is the player we think he can be. But I'm just saying, 
Atlanta has an opening at small forward. Like they have their point guard. They have John Collins, Clint Capella. There's an opening there at the three. Like that's the first (laughs) thing I thought. Would they be a good duo out of MPJ and, uh, and Trey Young? I mean, they were a fantastic one in the AAU level. I know that's different, but look, defense in the NBA to win a championship, you just I, I think it's hard to have two negative defenders. Trey Young may be the worst defender in all the NBA for this reasons that are beyond his control. Man, what are we doing here with this guy? We're going to put you back here. So for reasons beyond his control, but shooting makes offense significantly easier. They're it two does. of the best shooters in the NBA, especially when you just talk about the gravity of their shooting. So, look, would it work? I don't know. Maybe. Here's where I go with it. I don't like doing the trade game with players I like. Yeah. MPJ, I like. Same. I'm an MPJ fan. My brightest timeline features the Denver Nuggets winning championship with Michael Porter Jr. being his best self and fully integrating into the Denver Nuggets system in a way that like creates perfect synergy. They also have Bogdan Madanovic over there. So now I could just say, oh, look, wow. if, oh, if wow. you're going to get traded, if you are saying, hey, if Trey Young pulls a LeBron uh, and says, I'm leaving unless you get my guys, just say it. It wouldn't be the worst scenario. I would say it has to happen after the titles. We want to see the titles. Strong agree. But then you get the yes. Jokic, Doncic, Giannis team. And then it, oh, and then is the, Bogdan's on that team. Is and maybe? then Bogdan's on that team. And wow. then the United kind of, Nations. Are the, yeah, like, and the, then Atlanta builds the all Hooper team. The all Hooper team. And I like it. right in the world. I just feel like yeah. that's a that's a good ending. I'm telling you, that is part of my brightest timeline now. Is this Nuggets? It's like the Michael Jordan. You get the three peat. That's you know Murray, Jokic, MPJ. And then maybe you get a second three-peat later on after Jokic's water polo stint. You get, you get one that's with uh, Luka Giannis. I don't know. Just, just, just BSing here. Well, that is a bright timeline. Any bright timeline includes our dear friends in Los Angeles struggling. And as we know, boy, did they struggle last mm. season. Uh, it's not looking good. But a key addition, a key acquisition. They brought Pat Beverly in. And Pat Beverly is good for, for defense, for energy, but mostly, fellas, for quotes. Let's roll the tape. You'll be playing with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. They'll be playing with me. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. I made the playoffs last year. They didn't. It's the difference. Have you guys started talking yet? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, for, I'm I'm glad that, you know, we get a chance to play with each other. And, you know, <laughs> anything else, I'm excited to see it go on. I'm excited to, you know, to get the battling going. You'll be playing with LeBron James. All right. Uh, it's going to loop there. They're going to be playing with me. He says, I made the playoffs last year. They didn't. Mm. There's a difference. I mean, that's not that like factually that is correct. Checks out. Checks out. Um, Pat Beverly in L.A. Adam, does this feel right to you? Does this feel wrong to you? Where are you at? Where are you at with Pat Beverly? I hate it. Oh, no. I hate that he went to the Lakers and like, look, he's he's I love to hate Pat Bev, Mm. meaning like I respectfully hate him. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, I root against him. And I wouldn't even necessarily want him on the Nuggets because I just, like it's a little extra for me. But, <laughs> but I will say, his quote, spot the F on. Mm. We, it's, it's funny because it's coming from a guy from Chicago, like an American player. But to me, this is such a, like, it's such an American question. You're going to play with them. Like, you're going to join and help them. He's like, no, man. And he threw it back in an ironic way. They're playing with me, and we all laugh. What an absurd comment. Is it any more absurd to say LeBron's playing with Pat Bev than to say Pat Bev is playing with LeBron? Not actually. Isn't it a basketball game? They all have a role. So I love that he threw this back at him. I don't – I think – 
Pat Beverly understands his role. Like, he, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. he understands who he is. But I just love that he's pushing back on this. LeBron, you're old. This isn't the LeBron show where we all just have to be characters. I love him kind of already trying to establish that. Not going to work. Yeah, he but said I love the uh, effort. Yeah, he said we are going to have to play yes. with each other. Uh, the correct way to say it. When, what's your instant reaction to this scintillating quote? Uh, my instant reaction is I'm wondering if Pat Bev is a double agent sent into L.A. to break up the Lakers. <laughs> oh, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> that would help the Lakers, though, probably at this point. I can't imagine LeBron's too happy about this quote. <laughs> of course LeBron's he's like, not. <laughs> I bet LeBron's like, dude, you won the play-in tournament and lost to the Grizzlies in six games. <laughs> yeah, you made the playoffs, but come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But here's the thing, of course, like if that was said about Jokic, and like, first of all, I would ask that question that same way. Again, like, I don't think the reporter was being out of line. We've done it. We've we've done it. I just think that Pat Beverly is noticing the absurdity of it. And then he's like one of the weird guys that has, doesn't have the grace to say like, whatever, I'll just let this slide. He's like, he has the pride to not let it slide. He picks his battles in that he picks every battle, every single one one of them. them. But I do like, I'm telling you, there is a thing of, of course LeBron doesn't like it. Should he not like it? No, he should get over himself. If somebody said it about Yoke, he'd be like, yeah, it's true. I'm going to play with him too. Yeah. We're playing true. with each We're other. We're playing with each other. Well, look, I do think that that's, um, that's part of the appeal. Like, I really got a lot out of Jeff Green's answers about why he left Brooklyn and why he came to Denver. And I do think in Denver, you've got to win. You got to sign on with one of those guys. But you're not like if Pat Beverly didn't like that question, he's gonna have a long season playing in Los Angeles alongside LeBron James and Anthony Davis, where I don't know, I just think maybe you can focus on yourself and your game and your team in certain other markets. And maybe hopefully that becomes increasingly appealing to the uh, sell swords of the league like Jeff Green, you know. It's so funny, man, because I always think of that Austin Rivers quote where he was blown away that Jokic would move to a smaller basket to accommodate his workout. And right. I'm always thinking, like, even though it is a nice thing to do, shouldn't it's be. not that it shouldn't be so abnormal that it's like something you wrote in your journal that day. Like, right. unbelievable. Right. Superstar player shared the court with me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What, an, what an incredible guy. He's like, Mom, he let me shoot with, with him. him. Like, That's oh, my crazy. God. But it just shows you how ridiculous the NBA is. And I actually think I actually think we got two Pat Beverly links. There. Oh my god, we got another Pat Bev. Uh, I just realized that myself. Of course, a lot of um, a lot of talk. Pat Beverly in is Russell Westbrook out? Are they going to fit together? How are they going to fit together? Well, here they are. Here they are, guys, dapping each other up. So clearly, clearly, <laughs> everything's all good. Everything's all good. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Pe- Pat Bev friends. ruined his knee, right? Like he, like he hurt him back That's when right. he was with Oklahoma City. There's like a real backstory. There's not even just a oh we've talked trash with each other. He like kind of effed up one of Russell Westbrook's best chances to win a championship. Yeah, it was supremely messed up and uncalled for play. Yeah, yeah. so like there's actually some real bad blood. But I there will is. say, both of those guys are tough. Both of those guys are dogs. Both of those guys, like I don't think they're all about the right things. Like I'm not trying to give them the A plus rating on everything. Yep. But I do think they are A plus competitors in that the, I, I honestly think this now the injury who knows but both of those guys are willing to be hated by their opponents and right. now and they were opponents and other teammates and there's just something too like I like when guys who hate each other get teamed up together and it's like hey what do you know plus they play in such like a stably like a stabilizing organization you know what I yeah, mean yeah totally man there's no like drama yeah. never grows or... also let's be real they're not gonna play together that's right 
Uh, okay, every... <laughs> Westbrook's out of there. Come on, man. Every 12 months, we've got a new once-in-a-lifetime prospect in the pipeline. This one, at least I hope, is once-in-a-lifetime. There's got to be a limit on how big and coordinated people can be. Mm. Um, but there's a, there's a Victor W. link here <laughs> in my rundown. This is ridiculous. This is... Uh, <laughs> Victor uh, Wembanyama, the projected number one pick, will face off against projected number two pick Scoot Henderson in the G League Ignite in a pair of ESPN televised games outside Las Vegas, October 4 and 6. Fellas, we're going to Vegas. <laughs> we're going there's, to there's, another there's another tweet that says he measured in set at 7'4 in shoes. Oh, my God, seven man. Four, with an eight-foot wingspan, yeah. right? Yeah. Is there a I think I'm I think I'm out on him as a prospect. I think he's too tall. I actually I think I think I might be out on him. <laughs> there has to be a limit, right? On how I mean Zion in a different way kind of pushed at a certain point, how much bigger and longer while maintaining coordination and endurance and durability. Like there's gotta be a, a ceiling on this, no? For sure there's got to be, and he probably exceeds it. I mean, look, we've just seen it. There haven't been that many examples of players that tall and that mobile that like make it very long at all. Um, so, and, and also he's had some injury issues here. I will say the most interesting thing about Victor W., though, and again, I don't have a full scout on him, but we've just he's so popular that we inevitably you see like different highlights. And I saw somebody talking about he's kind of billed as the next KD, 7'4 KD, when he really should just be billed as the the modern era's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, meaning that that outside touch and his ability to handle are cool, but that shouldn't be the featured aspect of his game. He's going to dominate by being 7'4 with an 8-foot right. wingspan and great touch around the basket, and he could be one of the all-time great scorers as a post-up, low-post player who also can pick and pop and do some of the stuff, but it's not featured. And I kind of like, to me, that's when it clicked in my mind for him. Like, I know he'll be a great defender because how tall he is, and he has a jump or whatever, but to me, it's like, no. How does a player like Jokic, who can't jump over a phone book, how does he block that jump hook Right. when it's released higher than what Jokic can even jump? That, to me, is where you're like, oh, yeah, that's how he would be a great player, not by crossing over three times, a la Thon Maker, Back in 2011 in high school. His highlights are almost anticlimactic because it's at the youth level, there's nothing you can do about him around the right, room. Right, so right. he's finishing in these weird ways. But you're right. The takeaway is, you know, athleticism and strength aside, like that is something he can do at any level. He's right. just too big. So I don't know. this guy, I my brain kind of breaks thinking about what he's going to look like on a high level court. You know, what he's going right. to be asked to do, what he's capable of. So it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Should we hit a break win? Yeah, let's let's do it here. Uh, game time tickets, you guys. Game time tickets. You got to buy tickets through game time through the link in the YouTube description. So this, make our, sure this is our newest partner. Our newest partner. I am. I'm so excited to partner up with these guys because now I have my go-to site for tickets yep. uh every sporting event nuggets broncos rockies abs concerts as well it's the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score deals uh, on sports concerts shows you can get great tickets for super cheap that's what game time's all about if you love us then you'll love game time the best way to support us guys is by buying tickets through that game time link in the description you can save so much money, up to 60% off game time tickets. 
Uh, so make sure you have the game time app. Make sure you buy tickets through the link in the description for Nuggets games this season. 15 million people have downloaded the app uh, and scored tickets at 60% off. Really good tickets as well. Uh, so make sure to check out those game time tickets today. Also at DraftKings Sportsbook, we made it, guys. The NFL is back. The first Sunday of the NFL season is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a canvas offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And then as an added bonus for week one, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 points at any point during the game, you get paid instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR. Get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet this Sunday. That's code DNVR. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I just sent you a, a little thing here real quick, Kale. If you want to pull it up, I just added. Did you see it? I did. Please pull that up. I mean, it's jersey season. Jersey reveal season, guys. The Detroit Pistons have a new jersey. Let's take a quick look at it here. I have a new favorite quote. Oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> it's an exclusive. These are terrible. Uh, at the Athletic NBA, this tweeted out by the Athletic James Edwards III. Uh, first look at the Pistons 22 statement uniform inspired by a voicemail rant left by diehard Pistons fan Coach Ice Hardy mm. in 2020. Quote, we need some dog ass uniforms. End quote. <laughs> these are awful. Oh I wish my that God, these are terrible. I, I wish that votes drunk voicemails to the Nuggets would inspire like new uniforms. I keep leaving them. They keep, <laughs> nothing's happening. We should get next no, time. They, they've been they've been drawn up these uniforms since 2020. Yeah, the last this two is plus years, and this is what they came up with. They're like, all right, blue stripe, red stripe. What do we think here? He's God. gonna leave another voicemail, guys. He's gonna leave another voicemail. He's not happy. He's like, dog ass was good, not ugly ass. Yeah, no, I didn't mean piece of shit uniforms. <laughs> yeah, I would have said that. Dog ass, not dog shit. Damn it. Yeah, that's a fun one. Man. All uh, right, well, one, they're not for us, you guys. That's the that's thing. Fine. That's not for us. That's well, makes it easier to make fun of them. Let's hit a mail back. Oh, man, let's get some mail. Uh, the, hey, I don't know if you guys saw that deleted AP reporter tweet about the NBA wanting to announce plans of expansion to Seattle and Las Vegas during the preseason. That has not that. been confirmed. It has, in fact, been deleted. Nonetheless, November in DK uh, wants to know, how would an expansion affect the West and the Nuggets? I mean, it would suck. So you went through the roster here. I, I know you have that lit written down because usually what is it? You protect like eight or nine players. I don't know what it would be for the league. There's so many guys. So the question becomes, would your team be one of the ones that has a great ninth or 10th best player that would end up, you know, going? Probably. Denver has some good players like at the end. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Where, are you Is Zeke Najee at that point vulnerable? And what would happen to the Nuggets this year? Like, I know nobody thinks – the range of outcomes for a player like Zeke Nagy are so wide. But admittedly, if you didn't have him at all at your disposable, that, that's like one less player you have. Right. So um, I think so. I think if you went through the roster of all of the NBA and looked at every team's ninth best player, Denver has a top ten ninth best player. When Do you, do you feel like you know the eight, eight guys you would protect in an expansion draft? Five starters, no question. Sure. Done. 
Yeah, and then for bones. sure. I was actually thinking about um, MPJ with his contract. Do you even think you'd need to protect him? Man, what a galaxy brain thing. That's <laughs> like to, 5D chess. That is 5D chess to say, you know what? What if we got off it? We didn't get anything back, but we got off his money. I don't, I don't think well, it works I'm, that way. I'm not even saying that. I don't think anybody would pick him up. I don't think any of the expansion teams would take him just because of that contract. They might be able to get their franchise player in an expansion draft, which is an insane. If MPJ is not taken, you take him, man. Like if you if you're an expansion draft had him available, you have to take him. You're not going to win in the next two three years anyway. The max, though, There's a more of a. It doesn't matter. Like you don't have money to spend them. You're not signing guys to maxes. This is a good and then point. on top of that, you're <laughs> say there's this draft happens in two years. There's three years left on the deal. Likely he's an expiring contract in two years anyway. If not, like a two-year guy, two years left on his deal, and he's a serviceable player. Like, there, of yeah. course, that he would get drafted if he wasn't taken. I don't think the Nuggets would do that, unless, of course, there was like another injury on top of this one or something. I don't think they would yeah. just like punt on his contract because just to get off the money. Probably be the five starters: Bones, yeah, Bones for sure, Christian Brown. And then either Zeke Naji or Bruce Brown as the eighth. I agree. Yeah, and it's interesting to think about. And those are two. Uh, those are two teams out west. So it's New Orleans and Memphis, likely that would be come Eastern. Teams. The, the other thing is like everybody's all expansion, expansion. We need a team in Seattle. We need a team in Vegas. I don't care about expansion. Like I'm, I'm totally cool if the NBA stays at the number of teams they have. Like, I would I'm, almost. Prefer I'm just not into it. I'm not into it as much as everybody else is. Yeah, I get that. I get that. I would almost prefer relocation. Like a team in Seattle sounds great to me. But that but yeah, the, sounds sounds cool. Yeah. <laughs> Wins like I don't care. We don't have a market there. What do I give a shit? <laughs> so, fair enough. Let's move on. Uh, let's move on to our next mailbag question. Uh, Dayon. Dayon wants to know. There you go. Uh, would both? What do both Jamal Murray and MPJ need to do during this season to become All Star candidates? Wind, what do you think? Well, I think it's probably got to take the Nuggets being really, really, really good, and I'm talking like maybe Atlanta Hawks level good when Atlanta got their starters in the all-star game that one year um, to get both those guys in there. I mean, Jamal Murray seems the more likely one if you're just picking one of those guys to make the all-star team. But the thing you got to think about is Donovan Mitchell is no longer in the West. Mm. That's going to free up a a guard spot. Is that going to be Anthony Edwards who gets that? Is that going to be, you know, Jamal Murray? He he could get that spot, but that's what you got to think about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, also, is the first half of Jamal's season something that kind of sets a sub-all-star precedent for various reasons? Um, who do you think is more likely, Adam? Man, this one's so tough to me because the MPJ injury just, or, or the, the Michael Porter injury is just such a mystery. Like, I, there's a chance in my mind, I don't know if this is legitimate or not, but there's just in my mind a chance that Michael Porter is 100% on October 18th when the season begins. And I feel pretty confident that Jamal Murray is not 100%. I think he's 100% healthy, but not 100% back in rhythm sure, and everything. Sure, sure, sure. I don't know if that's a fair assessment or if that's just where my mind is. So I kind of gravitate more towards Michael Porter. 
even though he's been he has not been as close to Jamal in terms of making an all-star team I just feel like there's a chance that right out of the package he's going and, and scoring 20 a game or 22 a game or something like that and as you mentioned the Nuggets are top seed so I don't know they both I could make an argument for both of them I don't think it'll happen for either of them um, both of them would have to like have the career years which I just think is hard when you factor in that they're Returning. coming back from injuries yep that's fair. I want to say, I really want to say that this is Jamal's year because of the seeding, but there is that hiccup. So, but I think stay healthy. Where's Jamal? If they're a top three seed, Jamal averaged what, 23 points a game, 24 points a game? How high does he have to get before you're like, yeah, he's definitely in there? Yeah, that, that would be the formula is that he's like somehow playing the best basketball of his career right out of the package. Because remember, the All Star voting closes in like end of right. January. Like, That's it, right. he would need to it, his, I yeah. think Michael Porter and, and Jamal Murray both are going to have their best basketball ever come March. But that's after the voting. Like they'd have to play their best basketball in November, December, January, and that's just hard to expect. Our good friend Peter, who's been a bucket since '88, wants to know: Do you think MPJ has watched a second of Eurobasket? Ooh, set a line here, an over under. Has he learned? And let's go with one half. A whole half? Over under one half of Eurobasket. Well, that's twenty minutes. Because what if it was five minutes here, five minutes there? Yeah, let's say twenty minutes. Under. I'm saying under because I don't think any NBA players are really watching Eurobasket. Strong true. agree. Yeah. They're they're catching the highlights on Twitter. I'm sure he's seen those. I'm sure he's seen Yoke dominating. I just don't don't think many NBA players are tuning in. That's not the sense I get. Michael Porter is a true hooper. He really loves basketball. So I think that there is a like like more so than most people. Like yes. Michael Porter really loves basketball. So I think he's actually to most people's surprise more likely to have been watching than anyone else. Plus he's got Jokic as his teammate. More likely than anyone. That being said, I'm with you on the broader point that is I don't think NBA players are yes. watching it. So I don't think that anybody is. I am glad you answered it that way. I think there's for like you know Porter probably won't get described as a student of the game, but I think it, it's going to be easily overlooked how much he cares and how right. hard he works. Yep. Like he basketball means a lot to Michael Porter Jr. Right. Just to be very clear, but yeah, I don't think he was watching EuroBasket. By the way, neither was I last EuroBasket. So great ha- point. Happy to be on the train now. I did skip one. Um, Dusan Koss at Dusan Koss. I really like this one. This is a vibey question. Uh, what what has to happen for Nuggets Nation to change their minds about DeAndre Jordan? I think we're all on the same page, but what does the bright timeline look like, fellas? Wind? You get this one first. The bright timeline. I mean, mean, the brightest timeline is he's on the team throughout the entire season, which probably means that he's good enough to play. Uh, Can he play 10 minutes a game? You know, can, can he play Jesus. 10 minutes a game and be totally average? Just be a backup. I think then you're, you're okay. Yeah, that, then you're okay. You know, that's, that's more than the Nuggets have gotten out of the backup center position in years past uh, before DeMarcus Cousins came here. So can he be okay? Can, can he just stay healthy? I think that's going to be a big thing. You know, just can he be available? Every time, you know, Denver plays, but he's not going to play a big role. He's going to play at most like 10, 12, 13 minutes when he is in the rotation. 
just needs to be average. Here's the thing about DeAndre that I think is the most frustrating because I am one of the people that believes he just has been pretty atrocious over the last several years, not just this last year. He doesn't give a lot of effort. He's an old guy, man. Like he's he's older. Like and he's a big guy. He moves around like he doesn't have the energy to go hard on defense. And there's just a lot of plays where he'll stand in the paint while a guy walks to five feet away and shoots an uncontested floater because he doesn't want to have to like do the cat and mouse game where you have to get out there. So for me, I look at it and I go, DeAndre Jordan's career. He played with Chris Paul, an exhausting person to play with for as long as he played with. He played with James Harden and Kevin Durant, exhausting place to be playing with those guys. The brightest timeline for me is he comes here, has an Austin Rivers-like revelation Ah. where he's like, you know what? This culture here is so special and so cool. You know what? I will try hard again. I am going to rewind the clock. Do I think he could be great? No, but I do think a large part of why he's not good is because he doesn't either have the will or the want to play hard defensively. And if he just gets those things back, again, I still don't think he'll be great. But maybe he will surprise us and be this guy that's just serviceable and more than anything, like this emotional charge of energy to the team when they need it. Yeah, I'll piggyback off that and say a nice little bromance with Bones, maybe some veteran words for the youngster. Um, I don't really know if he's even going to be in this rotation, like from the jump. Like option A could very well be Jeff Green at backup five. Like I don't know if that's so... I don't know. Low expectations. But I like the question. Look, we've everyone is on the same page about the signing. We didn't love it. <laughs> but he's here now. Maybe he plays well. Want to leave room for enjoying that, of course. A lot of people asking about... Lead, oh, go ahead. No, go, go for it. Go a lot of people asking about DeMarcus Cousins. Uh, we get this every show. Um, look, everybody knows he was a huge positive impact basketball player for the team last year. It should tell you everything you need to know that he was that for Milwaukee and they didn't keep him. He was that for Denver, and they didn't keep him. So clearly it had that everybody agrees that he's a great player. Everybody tries to make the calculation of how much DeMarcus is too much, and every team in the NBA so far has decided that 82 games is too much DeMarcus Cousins. Yeah. Maybe, hey, is it even possible that Denver could sign DeMarcus Cousins in like April or February, like cut DeAndre and sign him, <laughs> and be like, okay, it's time. 20 games left. We can handle that. Yeah, me. That'd be hilarious. That'd be hilarious. No, I've I've written a lot about why Demarcus Cousins isn't here. Just look at the wind chimes from this summer. You'll you'll find out all the reasons why. But also with DeAndre, the leadership factor I think could be big. Like, can he be a guy who grabs somebody during a timeout and talks some sense into him? Like he he's gonna be fine speaking up during huddles in the locker room and all that kind of stuff. Like he's a veteran with championship pedigree. I think everybody in the locker room is going to respect him because of that. And so just from a a leadership and chemistry aspect, I think there could be positives there. It's going to be hilarious when we quickly learn one weekend that he's the coolest person of all time. and Just teams (laughs) just can't bring themselves to to get rid of him. Okay. Uh, Nino, Hino Gwyn or Hino Gwyn. Uh, Nino wants to know, after a trip to Sombor, Joker's hometown, will there be a trip also to Jamal and or Kale McCarr's hometown? <laughs> We're going everywhere. We're going everywhere. Well, listen, I, I really hope there's, I don't know about those trips specifically, but it felt like a success to me, fellas. <laughs> I'd love to hit the road again. <laughs> yeah, the only problem is none of these other guys' hometowns are nearly as cool as going to Serbia. 
That's the only problem. It's not quite the same sell on the documentary with it, Kitchener. It, it is funny. Like we actually have talked about this and the two that we have come to is like going with bones to Wilmington, which would be Delaware, which would be incredible. And then going obviously to Kitchener, there are ways to do it. That would be compelling. Like of with course. Jokic, there was a hook. They're playing the team Greece, you know, like Greece in the world cup qualifiers. You know, there was like things that were coming together for it to be a thing. Trying to figure that out for somebody else, I think, is a little challenging, but not impossible. And let's be honest, man, that was a great trip. And I have confidence that if we were to do one of those, we could pull it off and make it something very, very special. So, of course, yeah. there was something I'd, I'd love to do it to Canada or, or Wilmington. It'd be awesome. Kit- awesome. Kitchener, like Toronto, is not that different from Denver or from from the U.S. Like there is a di- Serbia, Belgrade, very different, right? Like extremely different. Like Kitchener. You know, there, there's going to be some like crossover. Like, I, it's not that every meal we'll have out there is like, wow. Yeah, Dev likes may not hit quite likes, as, just, may not hit quite the same. Uh, That's all like, I'm saying. Yeah, there's, so, a, yeah. there's something unique about the Serbia experience. But nonetheless, I wouldn't. Re- we're not ruling it out. I love the question, yeah, because whatever it is that we just did, still don't know how to describe it. Sign me back up for an <laughs> Bronislav says Kitchener has a huge Serbian community. We could just go there and have more Pieskovica, uh, more not? more Shavska. Why not? Meetup number three. This one's in Kitchener. Shout out Serbia. Okay, Jackson Overstreet uh, wants to know. Well, he hasn't been able to watch any of the Euros. Is there a player, either Serbian or another team? that you think needs to be in the NBA now, anyone that the Nuggets should keep tabs on. Hasn't been watching the show recently, I take it. I can't speak for Jackson. There's been a lot. I mean, like, we've talked about the Serbian players who are mostly from the mind. Rather than give specific names, we've talked about, you know, Kalinic and Lucic and Marinkovic. Like, we've talked about guys that you're like, could they, if the NBA were different... Could they do it? Here's the thing I thought when Tim Conley was here and he found Torrey Craig and some of the other little diamonds in the rough that he had found mostly through Europe, I kept thinking, once you get the key guys in place, you actually only need ready now players and you can usually get those guys to come over to the U.S. This is part of what happened with the Spurs. You can get those guys to come over to the U.S. if they, one, trust their role, trust the team the system is going to work from. Like, uh, uh, you know, a player like uh, Lucic, he comes over and he joins last year's Brooklyn Nets. He's going to have the worst time of his life. He's like, what the hell is this? This isn't even basketball. Like, what am I doing? My value? I just sit here and don't do anything. It would be a nightmare. Part of what sucked about uh, things not working out for Faku is I do think there is a world in which the Nuggets become the team that people look at and say, I would only go to the NBA if I could play for the Warriors, Nuggets, or Spurs, because those three teams I know are going to play basketball in a familiar way that I, I can excel in. And so I say that to say, watching Eurobasket, there's tons of guys that are like the A version of Vlatko. Like we watch Vlatko and he looks so solid out there. He doesn't make mistakes. But there's guys that do all of that but are just better at it. And I do wish that there – and maybe it could still work out where Denver is the club, the the NBA team that brings those guys over on two-year deals – because they all want to play for a little bit. Their dream is to be in the NBA, and it's like, hey, come over here. You know you're going to get to play the way you want, even if it's only for a couple seasons. Uh, Wind, other than Yaramaz, any uh, NBA guys you're seeing out there in this tournament? Yeah, yeah. Well, the guy that's kind of stuck with me the last couple weeks is Tyler Dorsey with Greece. Right. He's We remember him from college, played in the Pac-12, played at Oregon. And uh, has been playing overseas. Now he's on the Mavs on a two-way contract. He's got some like Jordan Clarkson potential. I could see him playing playing that kind of role in the NBA. Yeah, 
I like him. He's had a he's had a really good tournament, and it's not like okay, sure, physically maybe it's not quite the same thing as the NBA, but the intensity of it and the weight of it and his role on the team alongside Giannis, yeah. that's a step up from college. Like he's gonna walk into the G League on that two way and feel very confident. So I think I think he's in there for <laughs> sure. There's also this guy on Georgia. Have you been watching Georgia at all, Vote? I have, actually. Uh, Mamu Kalashvili. Yes, he plays for the Bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He plays for the Seton uh, Hall. Uh, Seton yeah, Hall. He, was, he was there. He was in Summer League, and he stood out quite a lot. Mamu's good. Mamu can play. So I heard this was actually a guy the Nuggets liked once upon a time. He's on a, I think, two-way with the Bucks yep. or on, like, the Bucks G League team. He's like a six eleven. He's kind of like almost Ben Simmonsy. I feel like. Whoa. He's like a big, but dribbles the ball up the floor. Yeah. He's huge. He's six eleven. I like him. He was a good player for Seton Hall. I actually think he's going to play in the. He might carve out a role in the league. He's a good player. Um, for Serbia, I don't know. Like he's. I also he's a little over the hill. He's a little older. And I don't know physically how well it would work for Kalinic anymore. But as far as a guy who like can play the game of basketball at a high level. I would love that dude. On That's the your guy. I just, he's a play the right way guy. He's just a fun basketball player, man. Um, so yeah, yeah, there are a lot of, at the end of this tournament, we should do a, an our guys episode and just all bring a list of our guys from Eurobasket. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'd be really into that. Do you know who's becoming my guys? Shangun. I'm impressed oh, with him, man. He's good. Of course. Of course. Little Boris Diaw. Uh, yeah, Tyson says D young played well, by the way, D young, uh, worthy D young, is retiring from five and five basketball after this competition, but he'll make one last comeback with Team Netherlands three on three team. Might be something fun to watch when the Olympics come around. When let's hit another break. Let's wrap up this mailbag and uh, get back to watching basketball because that's the only thing I've been doing with my life. Football season is back, and the Mile High City is ready to see what's new this Broncos season. We drink Mile High City Copper Lager during the Nugget season. We're going to drink Broncos Country from Breckenridge Brew during the Broncos season. Broncos Country Pale Ale. Uh, show off that colorful Colorado legacy with the Orange Crush logo and 100% Colorado ingredients. This is going to be your guys's. This is going to be our go-to beer uh, for Broncos season. The Broncos Country Pale Ale from Breckenridge Brewery. You can check out the Breckenridge Beer Locator at www.breckenridge.com to find a Broncos Country Pale Ale near you. Uh, so make sure to pick up some Broncos Country Pale Ale during Broncos season. Ivaca TV, uh, Ivaca TV, they're the GOAT. They're the GOAT now. They're gonna be the GOAT in Colorado sports going forward. They've got tons and tons of channels that you get with an Evoca TV subscription. You get Altitude Sports, AT&T Sportsnet, the NFL Network, you get the DNVR channel as well. Get the most regional content for the lowest price for sports in Colorado, all in crystal clear HD while using less bandwidth. 60 entertainment channels, including news and movies and more. Go to evoca.tv slash Colorado 10, evoca.tv slash Colorado 10. That gets you $10 off your monthly subscription. Ivaca TV is $25 a month plus a $5 receiver fee, but right now get $10 off that price for those first three months. Ivaca.tv slash Colorado 10. 
I'm also going to bring up a DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week, guys. The lines are out for Thursday. Oh, here we go. Here oh, we go. baby. Big tease on this Woo. one. Final, final Serbia group play game. They've got Poland. They've got Poland. Oh. The line is 15 and a half. The line is 15 and a half. I am taking Serbia to cover. Let's go. Again. <laughs> Let's go. 15 and a half. Here's what's interesting about that one. I don't think Serbia would tank. I think that D2, they're in group D. D1 might have the harder path. D2 may be the easier one. Serbia would not stoop low enough to... to they're, when you're a favorite, come on, don't play those games. This is a tough one. No. But would Poland? Poland, they know they're not a favorite. Would they say like, hey, the first two games, we can get into the medal round, you know, the final four. Maybe they would try to game the system a little bit. So maybe we don't see full full speed Poland tomorrow. Mm. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, that's I, my pick of the week. DraftKings pick of the week. I'm taking Serbia to cover tomorrow. I did know Wind was taking them in the points. That I knew. I saw that one coming. Of mind. course. All right. We are back. Uh, real open-ended one, but a good one from Danny Markovich. What is our biggest takeaway from Eurobasket? It's a weighty question. Adam, do you think you have that distilled into any any answer yet? From Eurobasket? Yeah. Um, I mean, my takeaway is that the basketball is really fun. I, I joke about this all the time. I love the Nuggets. I hate the NBA. There's so much of the NBA that bothers me. Eurobasket gets a lot right about the game. Um, you know, one, the competition level is very good. Like, yeah. even though there's some blowouts, the games are very entertaining because I'm like, this is good basketball. Guys are competent at shooting, dribbling, running sets, like everything. They're just, it's not like silly. I don't feel silly watching it the yes. way I do sometimes for like a March Madness or whatever. I'm like, all right, it's a little dumb. <laughs> 40 passes, none of them went inside the three point line. And now a guy just <laughs> held, threw up a brick. Um, so there's that. But then it's things like this, like stoppages. The game goes quick. Hour 45 minutes that you're through it. There's no like the last three minutes took 35 minutes of real lifetime. Like it's fast. It's quick. There's not a ton of BS yeah. you know, going on. They call. What was it the other day? Somebody tried to take a charge in the backcourt. They called a foul on him. Yeah. Like on Jokic. Like it was one of those ones where in the NBA, letter of the law, he actually ran into him oh, after yeah. the pass. Jokic gets a tech for that. Yeah, and yeah. you're just like, well, this is dumb because we all know that wasn't a real basketball play. Guys flop. Technical foul. Like and I just get on. And then they go, and they, get, and then they get Like there's yeah. just this, the B, some of the BS that's permeated the NBA is not in EuroLeague in ways that you're kind of like, oh, this is fun. Games are smooth and just feel a little bit. So anyway, there, it's been a lot of fun. It's, as I mentioned yesterday on the show, it's basketball during the dead of the off season. And like, who wouldn't like that? Like there's the alternative right now is nothing. Yeah. So it's great. <laughs> Wind, any big takeaways for you, man? That's so true. It was the WNBA, which also had some great finishes, by the way. I won't pretend to be a connoisseur of the league. Yeah. No, to Adam's point, the game's going so quick is awesome. The biggest reason why is there's just no commercials. I agree with this. Like, I agree with it's, this. It's awesome. I was watching one game the other day, and like this was a week ago. I'm like, why is this game going so fast? There's just no commercials. There's just no commercials. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great, man. It's the awesome. flow of the game is really, really nice. Yeah, the flow of the game. It's smooth. There's not a lot of stoppages. Uh, the Euro, Eurobasket refs, I don't think they're the best in the world. But yeah, they're, yeah. Yeah, they're not. <laughs> and they definitely – there's a weird thing where they definitely seem a little – not dishonest. I notice this in the Olympics too sometimes when you're like playing the German team and the German ref is there. You're kind of like, all right, this is a little weird. Yeah. The, like the, there's the, a little bit of the that. The Georgia-Turkey game was like. Yeah, it's it a little questionable. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, 
But whatever. We'll gloss over it. I do think, by the way, fully agree with everything you're saying about flow of the game. My one bone to pick. Too many reviews the last couple of days. Mm. Mix the reviews. I'm good on that. I will say this, though, also. They allow a level of physicality that's higher than the NBA in a way that I freaking love. That's the thing is you can actually play defense. I was was thinking about this the other day. Are the NFL and the NBA the only leagues that emphasize defense yet illegalize it? (laughs) The NFL for reasons that are unsolvable, but the NBA for reasons that are absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it doesn't have to be that way. Um, but I love it. I've absolutely loved it. It's fun, man. It's oh, fun. my biggest takeaway, the NBA being a global game, we talk about, or the basketball, see, exactly, basketball being a global game, we talk about that as best represented at the top level talent now, but to Adam's earlier point, like the whole world is just better at this game than we've given them credit for. The teams that we would write off as scrubs have players. The You know, even even some of the worst, like I've sat down and watched Bulgaria and oh it, yeah, it's been fun. Like, right, I don't, right. You know, this is these guys can play, man. I'm telling you, man, it's so funny when you look back at the Dream Team documentary and there's the teams where the guys are like wanting to take a picture during the game or this right, or that. They're right, just right. clearly, and you could tell, like we're so far removed from that that all of these, to your point, all of these teams have one or two guys that are at the very least NBA caliber, even if they're not in the NBA. Like we were just talking about that Yama Dar guy. I mean, I don't know if he's an NBA player over time, although allegedly the Boston Celtics are like own his rights and really like him. But like he's a guy that you watch and you're like, oh, he knows all about how to play. Sure. Like he's a, that's a, that's an NBA caliber talent. Sure. In votes body. <clears throat> What's that supposed to be? You know, he's I, a little small. You don't think I could make the league? He's six three, man. <laughs> uh, there's, yeah, like, I fucking wish I was six three. <laughs> I would. Anyway, an anonymous submission. Whoa, spicy. Which Nuggets player? What Nuggets player? Which Nuggets? A Nuggets player. Which one is under the most pressure this season? MPJ, Murray, Bones, or Coach Mike Malone? Man, this is a tough one. MPJ, Murray, Bones, Malone. Who is under the most pressure? I'm going to say Malone. I'm going to pressure is Michael Malone. Yeah. Just because you're at this point where if things don't go well, that's one of the questions you have to ask. Is it time for a new coach? I'm not saying at that this moment that question is being asked. I'm saying if the season doesn't go well, that question becomes asked. Right. Right. What yeah. do you think, Wood? I'd probably say MPJ. You got the contract. You got the fact that he's got to prove he can stay healthy for a full season. Look, putting guys under pressure because of their injury risk, it's unfair, but it's just kind of the reality. I I feel like a lot of his injury stuff is obviously out of his control, but it's the reality of the situation is he's got to live up to a max contract. I mean, it just kind of is what it is. Um. The sneaky pressure for Bones Highland, I think, just because he's going to have to play a bigger role than he did last year. And last year, you know, we didn't know what to expect with Bones. I thought he was going to spend a lot of the year in the G League. He right. ended up being, like, a lot of times throughout the season, the Nuggets, one of the Nuggets' five most important players. But this coming season, real expectations for Bones Highland to – be what Monte Morris has been a backup point guard and that's be steady. Yeah, that's a really good point. And that's why I like that he was included in this question. I think it's part of what makes it interesting, but it's gotta be Porter. I mean, we were short memories. Now Murray got that contract a year early. He hadn't earned it yet. And there was a lot, even if you saw the vision, even if you believed in Murray, it was of much discussion mm-hmm. that year, plenty of pressure. He went out and he played like a max player. 
Um, Porter has had that chance taken away from him by his pack, but if he gets it, he's got to go do it. I mean, I believe, like, the question really isn't, is he worth a max contract? It's, is he worth keeping around alongside Murray and Jokic to winning a title? But he's got that he's got that match contract, and so without a big year, the conversation just starts to steer in a whole other direction. So it's a good question. Yeah. Also, it's Malone by default because he I think creates his own pressure. You know, I don't I don't know if it necessarily comes externally. By the way, I've heard. Um, I think I can report on this. I've heard from uh, a reliable source. Mm. Michael Malone uh, had a surgery. Oh, why he's not in. Uh, why well, he's not been able to go. Oh, that's so, actually good yeah, to know. Yeah, yeah. So there's a reason for him. Because it would be very him. unlike him to not attend something like he that. He would always like attending that kind of stuff. So we'll see. Maybe he will end up out there at some point. All right, let's wrap up with this. Fellas at Hello Summer 333 wants to know, do we want Jokic to play less in the regular season this year, around 30 minutes, or do we prefer him to play more in order to get into his groove? It's an interesting one. Wynn, do you have any thoughts? strong takes on on Jokic's minute distribution yeah i mean he played 33 minutes a game last year i feel like that's the right amount for him you know yeah maybe on maybe you'd like that number to be less but um i feel like that's probably about what he's going to wind up at this season 32 33 minutes a game i think that's fine um it, it is going to be interesting coming off eurobasket though because when is when is the championship game of Eurobasket? Next Sunday, a week from Sunday. So the turnaround time. One week. Um, I think. It's one- ridiculous. Yeah. The turnaround time from that to training camp to the preseason. And we just have been, you know, talking about the Eurobasket schedule so much. Five games in seven days for the group stage. It does lengthen out in the knockout round. But still, the travel, just the practices, the constant attention that's going to wear on you so maybe early on the season his minutes are lower but just kind of knowing how this usually goes i'd say it's he's going to play pretty close to what he did last season i mean knock on wood here if they if serbia wins the gold medal it would be sunday night and it would be where is in berlin is that where the championship round is in berlin so let's say you Party overnight and with the team in Berlin like this day. Again, knocking on wood here. But if that, this happens, I'm just trying to give you a timeline. Party overnight. Fly back home to Belgrade on Monday. Monday or Tuesday, you end up doing, or maybe even Wednesday, some kind of rally, right? Like Because we're, we're, if they want a gold, it would be a huge deal that they got a gold. So you have some kind of rally in Belgrade that day on Wednesday. Media day is the following Monday, I believe. So Jokic... Either he's not making it back for media day. <laughs> <laughs> he might not get him for media day. So Jokic, he's beating the team in San Diego. So either he ends up going on a little mini vacation, maybe it's just back to Sambor for a few days. Maybe he tries to go somewhere, you know, just get a, one last because it's a it's a marathon, man. Once the season begins, you're eight months, you're kind of locked up. So maybe he gets a little vacation in, but no matter what, he probably if he does arrive for media day, he'll probably be jet lagged. Think about how tired we were when we got when we got in. At the very least, he will not have been adjusted to his new sleeping patterns. And this little period we're talking about here, correct me if I'm wrong, I usually am. Is this where FIBA tries to stick the next round of World Cup qualifying games? 
Is what? In this period, in between the NBA getting starting up and Eurobasket finishing? I think they're like in January. Oh. Oh, I think they're even oh, more. They're even yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay, so, okay. I see, I see. Uh, hold on. Let me make sure I'm doing my math right. So from to the 18th. Yep, I am right. That is correct. So the 26th, I believe, is media day. So yeah, the 18th would be the yep. championship. I mean, you're really just talking about there's not a lot of wiggle room there. No, there's not. Excuse me. All righty. Well, that's going to about do it for us, fellas. Another show with the fellas in the bag. Uh, you know what's up for the rest of the week. We've My got wingspan looks big when I do this. We've got, we've got Team Serbia to cover. Massive. We've got an NBA season just around the corner. We've had so much fun, so much to talk about this offseason, and we're not done yet. So we'll see you. Are we doing a show? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Dude, yeah, what do you mean lounge. are we doing a show? They're playing I, Poland. I, I, uh, listen, I know, don't even know what day it is. We'll see you tomorrow for the Poland game. Will they win the group? We'll find out together. Serbia. Later.